Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. Academic workers continue to strike across University of California campuses this week. That's despite a tentative agreement the university has reached with postdoctoral scholars and academic researchers to increase their pay and other benefits. Graduate student instructors have reached no such deal, and their labor action continues. And the postdocs are staying on the picket lines in solidarity with their United Auto Worker Union members. At the beginning of the strike, the California Report talked to workers about how they were feeling. And today, reporter Laura Fitzgerald takes us back to the picket line at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Two weeks ago, when I met Rajiv Ramanujan Prabhakar, he was wearing a yellow safety vest and marching with other academic workers. This was Prabhakar's first time participating in a strike. He studies climate change at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. For him, the tentative agreements between postdoc bargainers and the University of California will mean an additional $12,000 a year in his bank account. My rent burden is definitely going to decrease. (laughs) And that's not all. Prabhakar will have guaranteed time off for visa and immigration appointments. As an international postdoc worker from India, that's a big deal to him. He's also excited that under the tentative deal, the UC will extend the duration of his appointment from one to two years. You don't need to go every year outside the country to renew the visa. I can go every two years. That saves a lot of resources, like time and money and effort for international postdoctoral workers. Prabhakar won't be leaving the picket lines just yet. Postdoc workers like him are continuing their strike in solidarity with GSIs and researchers who have yet to reach agreements. But he thinks the hours he and his colleagues put in these past couple of weeks led to monumental improvements. The strike is the largest ever in U.S. higher education. Prabhakar believes he helped change the future of postdoctoral employment across all UC campuses. There's just one problem. He's got a lot of work to catch up on. I'm, I've fallen behind on that, so it's gonna, I'm going to have to catch up on those <laughs> work pretty soon. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit uh, busy Christmas <laughs> holidays for me, I guess, now. <laughs> for the California Report, I'm Laura Fitzgerald in Berkeley. 
the Chief Justice of the California Supreme Court held her annual year-end media briefing yesterday. As KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer reports, Tani Kantil Sakaue left a to-do list for her successor. The Chief Justice used her final media conversation before she leaves the court at the end of December to urge California to address the so-called justice gap, the lack of financial resources to help lower-income people address their legal needs. The justice gap grows and grows, and it is firmly rooted in social inequity. It's firmly rooted in racial, gender, economic classifications and proxies. Uh, And we didn't move the ball. Kantil Sakaue also noted the sharp rise in the use of arbitration to settle legal disputes rather than relying on the courts. She's concerned that mediation, often conducted by former judges, does not have enough transparency to create public trust. The state bar probably needs to uh, regulate, oversee, discipline mediators. Mediators are lawyers, but there's no particular unit that I'm aware of in the state bar that focuses on mediator complaints. Asked about potential reforms of the U.S. Supreme Court, such as term limits for justices, the Chief Justice said having permanent lifetime appointments means the high court is less concerned about its public image, which can undermine faith in the institution. After Kantil Sakaue retires to become head of the Public Policy Institute of California, Associate Justice Patricia Guerrero will replace her as Chief Justice. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Tobacco companies are asking the U.S. Supreme Court to stop California from enforcing its voter-approved ban on flavored tobacco products, including menthol cigarettes. KQED's Tara Seiler reports. The state legislature first approved the ban two years ago, but it didn't take effect because R.J. Reynolds and other companies gathered signatures to put it on the ballot. The November vote didn't swing their way, with nearly two-thirds of the electorate upholding the ban. It's set to take effect as soon as December 21st. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals declined a request to block the ban, so now the companies are asking the U.S. Supreme Court for an emergency order. California would be the second state to enact such a ban after Massachusetts. Several cities across the state already have local prohibitions in place. For the California Report, I'm Tara Seiler. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. People get attached to their area codes. It's often become shorthand for a city or region, a quick way to express pride. 
The verdict is still out for how people in the Central Valley will adjust to their new area code 350. Not to worry, 209, one of the Central Valley's longtime area codes, is not going away. But the demand for numbers in the region has gotten so high that this week, California's Commission on Public Utilities started issuing numbers in what was formerly the 209 with a 350 area code. The change doesn't affect what calls are considered local or existing numbers. But there will be a new way to tell who is old school Central Valley and who, well, isn't. And let's not forget about the 559. Where you from? From the 707. And that's the California Report for Thursday, December 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Marie Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org/health-equity. Guideline: Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com/ca. Guideline the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, Please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.